There's got to be an explanation to all these UFO sightings, right? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. A safe space for St. Louis to learn about soccer. This is Soccer 101 with Michelle Smallman and Moon Valjean. Welcome into Soccer 101. This is the safe space for St. Louis to talk about soccer. Moon Valjean, our resident fanatic, and Michelle Smallman, our professional sports talk about her, are here <laughs> with you. And Moon, it's been a minute since we've done one of these. It's been a bit of a hiatus. So first of all, it's great to chat with you. We have a lot to get to. But where have you been? How have you been? Um, I have been better, honestly. Uh, I was sick for a couple weeks there. My entire voice was gone. I was still trying to uh, co-host the Rizzuto show and uh, and perform uh, with one of my bands, uh, Greek Fire. So to tell you the truth, it was less than fun because even on the road to recovery, I needed to get my voice back. I've only had like full-on laryngitis, like lost a voice um, fully like that once in my career, and that was back in uh, 2004. And I was also doing double duty at that time for for two bands and uh then and now they whatever the doctor gave me was some extreme um steroid and dude i don't like those that was <laughs> so difficult uh i would i would advise against i'm not a doctor this is not medical advice but boy I, i'm gonna try everything i can to avoid that the rest of my life it may it brought my voice back it was a miracle there but man i just felt really weird and i didn't sleep for a week so it was uh it was an interesting couple weeks there. Sorry, sorry for the kind of forced hiatus. I just couldn't, um, I couldn't keep it together enough to to get out there. Now, since the last time I've I've seen you, though, I have been to another match. Oh, uh, and and oh my gosh! First of all, I told you about that that TCU club. Remember the, yes, the yes. TCU club seats? I got to sit in the TCU suite, the Together Credit Union suite, Ooh, and uh, it was fancy. <laughs> Holy smokes! Even that area up there with the uh, the food for the suites, absolutely gorgeous. I'm trying to in one season have every experience from the supporter section to like you know uh, a near field seat to way up top to the media boxes, to the suites. I'm, I'm trying to do it all so I can kind of like rate and review it at the end of the year. But so far, everything has been five out of five stars across the board. It's always, it's always amazing. It's a great experience at that park. So what is unique to the TCU suite? Um, I think it's just the food. All those suites right there have food just outside of the suite boxes. Um, and there's like, like private bars, um, which I didn't take advantage of. But uh, the, the food up there, is ridiculous it's really really nice it's simple it's not anything like you know too over the top it's just really really well done food oh. um and it, and of course the company i like uh, i got to hang out with some of my folks some of my friends down at uh, together credit union so that was that was unique uh, the seats were real nice real real <laughs> nice and padded it was very green seat style oh. from the cardinals well, I've never sat in the green seats, surprisingly. You'd think working in sports for as long as I have that someone would have kicked me some green seats, seats, but they have not yet. So anyone out there that wants to invite me, I'm happy to go. But these do sound very uh, posh. Moon, it sounds like you had a great time. And it's great to be back with you. I'm glad that your voice is back. And even though you weren't uh, feeling so great, 
at least St. Louis City SC was playing great. I think since the last time we've done this, they've won three matches. They beat Sporting KC four to nothing. They beat beat Vancouver three to one, and the most recent victory for City was a three to nil victory over Houston. So City is rolling right now. Yeah, they're rocking and rolling. They have they seem to have found a way to score without Joe Klaus. Uh, he's obviously been out much longer than everybody wanted or in or expected. Uh, but they're scoring. I mean, Joe Akini's scoring. Leuven's scoring. Uh, Ostrak is scoring. I love that Ostrak dude. He's yeah. getting more minutes now too. I, th- I think uh, I just saw a feature on him uh, somewhere. I, I consume all this this soccer stuff from so many different directions. I don't know where I'm reading things. So when I try to go back, I'm like, oh God, where was that? I, I don't <laughs> I don't I don't remember who wrote that. Uh, but Ostrak is great, and uh, my buddy Johnny and I have been saying that since the get go because I like a guy that shoots. Like the guy is just constantly running and he's constantly looking for opportunities to shoot. Uh, and I love that. And Edward Leuven is just like he's he's found like a really uh, lovely consistency of being a solid number 10. I've been proven wrong and I and I love it. I love being proven wrong when, you know, it benefits our team and our community. So it's pretty cool. What have you been up to the last couple of weeks? Oh, you know, just watching soccer. I've been kind of on a messy watch recently, and we're going to get into more of what's going on with City and their victories, including a game that's going to happen tonight. And we're going to talk about their position as we get to the second half of the season. But Moon, I work nationally for ESPN now, so it's a lot of NBA that I've been covering, a lot of Stanley Cup playoffs, things of that nature. But when we have a story, like one that broke today, everything gets pushed away, and this is the top story on ESPN nationally. Of course, I'm talking about Lionel Messi. It's official, Moon. He's coming to MLS. He's going to join Inter Milan after he leaves PSG. I can't believe it. I mean, I I can believe it. This has been the rumor for a number of years with the Beckham connection to Miami and all this and him, I I guess, kind of beginning the twilight, especially post-World Cup. Uh, But this news broke or was about to break when we were closing up the Rizzuto show today right around the sports section. And uh, and King Scott is just kind of um, he's, you know, he's producing the show while Riz is gone and I'm running the show and I'm at the board and he kind of leans over and says Messi to, to Miami. And I looked at it and I was like. I've heard this rumor so many times. I am not going to acknowledge this. I dare not acknowledge this on the Rizzuto show live and then have it not be true and get everybody up in a stir. Um, But I can't believe it. And then I I forgot about it because I I had to handle so much after the show. I came home today and then I took a little nap and I woke up to Michelle Smallman saying, Messi to enter Miami. Holy smokes. I know if Michelle's saying it, it has been confirmed. Well, you're right. There were the rumors buzzing about. I mean, this has been out in the ether for quite some time. But with the financials with Messi, a lot of people didn't know if this was going to happen or if he was going to find a different landing spot. But it is official. So here is direct from ESPN and from Messi himself. So he is coming to MLS. Inter Miami CF after his departure from PSG Paris Saint Germain, he announced it himself today in Whoa. an interview with uh, Mundo Deportivo. It's a Spanish pl- publication, and MLS also confirmed it on social media. So we've got it from three confirmed sources. And he, Moon, a lot of people didn't know if he was going to come to MLS because he was linked to a return to Barcelona, his former club, as well as a potential move to Saudi Arabia. But he's coming 
to Miami. And here's the quote. He said, I've made the decision that I am going to Miami. I still don't have it agreed upon 100% and a few things are needed. But well, we decided to continue my path there. After winning the World Cup and not being able to return to Barcelona, it was my turn to go to the League of the United States to live football in another way and to enjoy the day to day more. Obviously, with the same responsibility and desire to play well and do things well as always, but in a calmer way. And Moon, there's a lot that is being put out there about how MLS and Inter Miami were able to land Messi. Not only is he going to get absolutely paid, he is going to get a share of Apple's revenue generated by MLS season pass. Out of here. And reportedly a share of Adidas profits from his MLS arrival. And of course they're thinking that there is an option for part ownership of inter Miami as well. So, Oh my gosh, a really creative package to lure the best player in the world to our MLS to, to American soccer. Oh my gosh. That is wild. That was going to be my next question is how are they going to figure out what this guy is worth and how to get it to him? He is Michael Jordan in them. Yes. I love it. I, I love it. But let me think about that. I I, I think I love it because it's going to improve the league. It's going to improve. You know, it's it's going to have more eyes on this league. Uh, it's gonna it's gonna help grow the league. But man, ooh ooh, I'm gonna have to dig into exactly where all that money is coming um, coming in and, and how fair that is. But I mean, I guess, hey dude, get get what you're worth, right? That's wild. Yeah, I wonder what the reaction is going to be from other players around the league. Because I would think the initial thought is Messi coming to MLS, this is great for everybody. It's great for exposure. It's it's going to ultimately put more money in our pockets. But you are giving pretty unique um, mon- money pathways to him that other players who are contributing a lot to this league are not getting. Yeah, and what will that take away from from everybody else? I'm not. Right. I'm not. Yeah, we're not trying to be negative here on, on the thing, but you got you do have to think about long term. Like I love Messi, and I hope he has a great life. But uh, yeah. like you know, I want the MLS and St. Louis SC and all the opportunities that these players are bringing to our towns um, uh, right now. As is, I, I want them to make sure that they have a, a place here, a place here to make a living. Um, but yeah, well, well, let's see how this unfolds. Let's let's not be too quick to. Uh, uh, to land one one way or the other, but Apple revenue, Adidas <laughs> revenue, wow, good job, dude, and Holy. ownership of of the club. <laughs> yeah, I remember that was talked about, and that and that made a lot of sense, and and I I, I kind of got it, but uh, wow, that's that's gonna be crazy. Where is where is Miami right so, now? In so that the was table? An, another thing, Moon, that I was gonna bring up is that this was a little surprising to me because he did have other options. Because Miami right now they're sitting at the bottom of the Eastern Conference, and last week they got rid of their coach Phil Neville. So he there's been talk that Miami is. Uh, potentially going to bring in Tata Martino. He's a former manager for Argentina and for Barcelona. He worked with Messi on both teams. So they would bring in a coach who has a lot of international experience and who has worked with Messi before. But uh, I just thought it was interesting that he would want to go to a club that isn't having a lot of success currently. Yeah, they fired Phil Neville. What a Mm -hmm. bummer. I love that guy. Um, He seems like such a genuine dude and like a a pretty intelligent footballer. Yeah, you're right. Miami is down. They have 15 points to Cincinnati's 39 in the Eastern Conference. Cincinnati's top of the league. Miami underneath Chicago. Yo, that's – yeah, that is an underperforming team. I'm looking at this. They have five wins, 11 losses. Ouch. Um, Huh. That is curious. But I guess they – I guess they got the money to splash. 
we'll see what happens. And obviously you're bringing in the best player in the, in the world. That's going to be attractive for other players. It's going to change the entire complexity of that team next year. Yeah, that is, that is crazy. Um, all right. What do you want to hit next? Okay. Well, since we just talked about Miami being at the bottom of the table in the Eastern conference, let's talk about city SC and these past three wins. They are now sitting at nine, one and four out of 14 games played. They've won 64.3% of their games and moon city is at the top of the table in the Western conference with 28 points. Seattle just underneath them with 27. Top of the league, baby. Top top of the the league. league. Top of the league, which leads us to our word of the week. Ah, the word of the week. The word of the week (laughs) is actually uh, like um, an explanation of the table. We were looking at the table, and I know that uh, Apple TV has been splashing it on their uh, match reviews and different things. And you got a lot of letters at the top. And just like baseball has RBI, runs batted in, and HR, home run. Uh, I, I took my daughter to a Cardinals game, and she's like, what are all those letters? And I had to, <laughs> I had to explain it to her. And I remember thinking, oh, you know what? I bet you people are seeing a flash of this table. Maybe it's the first season that they're ever watching soccer or the MLS, and they're wondering what MP or GP means or what WDL, GF, GA, GD, and PTS stand for. So let's just run into that. You're going to see it like that from left to right. MP, matches played, or sometimes it'll be GP, games played. Uh, Then the next one is typically W, followed by the column D. That is wins, draws, and then L, losses. That's typically the first four columns you'll see from left to right. MP, matches played, wins, draws, losses. Then you will see GF, GA, and GD. And that is goals for, goals against, and goal difference. The reason that that matters is because this is on a point scale, which is what PTS stands for at the end. That is how many points have been accumulated by that team. You get three points for a win, one point for a draw, zero points for a loss. Obviously, the team with the most points is at the top of the table. If there is a tie, the difference maker, like an aggregate score, is the goal difference, the GD that uh, predicates the uh, PTS right there, the the points. Currently, St. Louis has 28 points to Seattle's 27. Here's the difference, though, when you're looking at this. Yes, we're only up by a point. But if you go back to that first column, you have matches played. And currently, as is right now when we're recording this on Wednesday during the day, Seattle has played 17 matches. St. Louis has played 14. So you'll hear announcers saying that we have three games in hand. Three games in hand because Seattle's played three games more than we have. Uh, so that is a, just a super quick, simple explanation of the table, and we can just cap it off uh, lovingly and uh, you know very um, homerly by saying uh, St. Louis is at the top of this table that we're explaining. Top of the table. Top Top of of the table, baby. Top of the table. But, you know, we're so used in the other sports that we talk about in St. Louis to to reference it as the standings. And so I'm sure there are people who are new to soccer and who are listening to this podcast that might have heard the turn of phrase, top of the table, and not really know what that meant. But that's what it is. St. Louis City SC at the top of the table. And you talked about the, the goals, Moon, and the aggregate score. One thing that's really impressed me about City over these past three games, these past three wins, I should say, aggregate score of 10 to 1 seven of their wins this year have come by two goals or more so we had talked about them finding ways to score without Klaus they really have been over this past stretch distributing the ball they have different guys who are getting it done and they've been finding the back of the net yeah definitely and on the flip side don't 
ever forget about Roman Burke. We've got no. the best goalie in the freaking league. That's the right. man has continually showed up and shown that, A, he's consistent. He's a great uh, uh, captain in the backfield. He is an excellent leader, and he's an excellent shot stopper because our goal difference is exceptional right now. Just to give you a perspective, Seattle, again, has played three more matches than we have, and they have a goal difference of seven. They've scored 21. They've had 14 scored against them. We've also had 14 scored against us, and we have scored 32. So, yeah, the goals matter, but that defense and that that keeper, they have kept, both of them have kept us at the top of the table here. Absolutely. I'm so glad you brought up Berkey because when you're missing a player like Klaus and, you know, City had some ebbs and flows as the season went on, you get off to an historic start, then you come back to earth a little bit. It's that veteran leadership that's going to self-correct. It's that veteran leadership that's going to keep the team focused. And so, you know, Leuven has certainly been that guy, but Roman Berkey has been critical to this team's success on and off the pitch this season. 100%, 100%. Uh, on the eastern side, Cincinnati's at the top, and don't forget we smashed Cincinnati. So. Yes, that's right. <laughs> Are we worried? I don't think so. I don't think so. Well, one thing I wanted to talk to you about uh, this week a little bit is about St. Louis City finding that mental groove. So obviously, as I mentioned at the top, I've been covering national sports for ESPN, and we talk about this with the Miami Heat a little bit. And, I, and it reminded me of City, where – they kind of never panic. They talk about heat culture and just the the strong mental fortitude that that team has. And I think it kind of reminded me of City a little bit, not necessarily the construction of the team, but just because they've been able to really find that balance between being really confident in themselves, but not getting too too confident in the early success that they've had. And I just want to commend them for being able to do that with a, a new group and especially a group that has hasn't gone through obstacles together up until this point. Yeah, you're right. You don't think about that. But a lot of these teams have been together for for, for years and years. So when they have a setback or a key player missing, uh, they kind of know what they're expecting. They know what they're what's expected of them. They know what to do. That's a great point. We have had adjustments like an old veteran pro team that's been together that's had this culture built in for a decade. And sometimes, it, I mean, I'm glad you touched on that because sometimes it's 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 too easy to remember, this is our first season. I know. I know. Like, we're it's, brand new. It's the success that they've had has really raised the expectations. But if you go back to our first episode, think about what we were saying about this team. Yeah, we we hope that they're good. Everything this organization has done up until this point has been A++, but we don't know if that's going to translate to the pitch. Then they get off to an historic start and the bar gets completely raised. But I just think that as a whole, the culture of this team has really shown itself as we've gone through the season up until this point. And that's crazy to say for a group that has never played a full season together. Yeah, it really is insane. Thank you for pointing that out. Uh, Moon, shall we get to any emails? I We have a bunch, but I would like to, uh, to get to the emails if you don't have anything else you'd like to throw out there. Let's get in as much as we can on this episode. Okay, well, let's head to the emails, and you could always reach out to us, AskSoccer101 at gmail.com. This one comes from Alan. He was just wondering what was going on with the show. Um, happy to report, Alan, that we just had some scheduling and laryngitis issues, but we are back and better than ever. But Alan says he and his family went to their first city game on June 3rd. They were behind the goal, right on the pitch, across from the supporter section, that the two goals were amazing, and that he just wanted to say thank you so much for 
uh, this podcast because he really loves listening to it and it's helped him learn about soccer. I love it. I love it. Thank you, man. I very much appreciate it. I'm so glad you got down there to a match. Uh, I encourage you to get to some more. We got another home match coming up very shortly. Okay, this one is from Brian, and this is a long one, Moon, so I'm just going to uh, pull some pieces out of it. He wants to know about uh, Sporting KC and how they, uh, you know, there was a little bit of a kerfuffle with St. Louis City SC using the term soccer capital and, oh, yeah. and how we felt about that entire situation. I love it. I love it. We're it was the, They did that strategically during Rival Week, you know, yeah. like the MLS tries to put this together to really like um, – you know, get the drum up the drama, if you will, between different uh, different cities, uh, different different teams. And what better rival than than the the I seventy series? You know, uh, Sporting KC and St Louis City SC uh, were destined to be rivals, and they're just trying to get that going. And I think that's I think that's great. And the history that Kansas City has with soccer, I I you know I, I love it. I love the fact that they've had uh, two MLS teams over there, and uh, you know, a, a good amount of success. And on our first. Our first season, we're, we're under their skin. It's lovely. I mean, come on, man. We, this is all in good, fun sport and, uh, a, and a dash of marketing, and I love it all. I, really I love do. it. I love it, too. So Brian was saying that he's a St. Louis native and he's living in Kansas City, so he has a unique perspective on this. But I think it's amazing. I think that one of the best things – to me, the best thing is – the best thing about sports is that it's galvanizing. It brings all people together, all ages, walks of life. It doesn't matter where you're from or who you know if you're all cheering for the same laundry. But the other great thing about sports moons is that it tears us apart. It's that we we yeah. have teams that we absolutely despise. And if that team wins, it ruins our day. Yeah, and- We've turned tribalism into fun. We're not chopping <laughs> heads off at the end of matches anymore. That's absolutely right. And I love that we, as a new club, have some natural geographic rivals. And that with one of those in Kansas City, we already have a little bit of a, a beef that's brewing. I think anything we can do to put logs on that fire is beneficial. I agree. I agree. It's it's a lot of fun, and it's got to be a cool experience for him. A guy from St. Louis that lives in Kansas City experiencing the uh, the soccer anger beginning, the fire beginning. I love it. Um, this one's from Tony. He said, Moon and Michelle, I just want to point out an observation I've made during these past few games, and I think I might have figured out who the talisman is. Klaus. The team seems lost without him at times defensively as well as offensively. Berkey still remains a solid wall, but it just seems like sometimes our guys can't capitalize on scoring opportunities the way they have when Klaus was out on the pitch. Um, yeah, I can I can see that. I'm not sure when the email was written. Obviously, we've uh, shown a bit more grit, energy, and creativity this these last couple matches. But yeah, man, uh, everybody was lost. April was not a good month. April was rough for the team. When, when Klaus first went out, they really couldn't find a pattern. They couldn't find a lot of energy, and it seemed like they couldn't find each other. Again, I think that goes back to having a new team. This is, this is a new team. They're still trying to figure out who it is that's really inspiring them to be the talisman. I think Berkey uh, has stepped up. He seems to be I mean, you know, we saw him yelling a lot. He's a very communicative uh, goalie, but I think he's stepping up in, in that role a bit more. Honestly, I think Leuven has an opportunity or has had an opportunity to 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 be that guy, and he certainly is for the fans. I don't know if he is mm-hmm. for the players or not. He seems to be kind of the dad figure off off the pitch, or at least when like subs are coming in or out, and he's kind of talking low to them. But uh, yeah, I think that remains to be seen, in my opinion. I see what you're saying with Klaus, but I think you're getting that impression because we had such a rough go for those first few weeks without him. But we'll we'll see, and maybe maybe we don't have a definite one for for a season or two. 
That's okay. Yeah. We'll grow into it. The talisman could be different every game. Just like there's the man of the match, you could have a different talisman per match. Yeah, you know, I I will say, and I love Nico Joachini. I I really love I love his style of play. I love him as a as a as a person. Um, I was I was thinking and hoping that he could be kind of that guy, but I have to say this, and I will not shy from criticizing folks. You're not going to be that guy if you're going down so easy and you're making such a meal of the of of the uh, fouls. And I've seen him on the ground uh, like a few seconds longer than I would like to. And maybe that was something from the French leagues or something. I'm not, I'm not really sure. He's, he's a super young dude. Mm -hmm. uh, but we know the guy's like in, in greater shape than any of us have ever been. Uh, so go down. <laughs> so, so to go down and stay down on certain plays, it's not going to win you a talisman bar. You know what I'm saying? Like you're not going to get that medal unless sure. you're the guy that's off the ground faster than you should be. Um, so I freaking love Nico. Just just so you know, like any, anytime he scores, everybody's texting me like, "You're dude, you're dude. This is your guy." Uh, but I would like to see him off the grass uh, more because I think he has an opportunity to be a really inspiring player on the pitch. Okay, Moon. Well, we're taping this on Wednesday during the day, but City actually has a game tonight. So you might remember back on May 6th, it started to rain. Uh, there was the rain delay. The game was suspended. It was 0-0 between FC Dallas and City after 50 minutes of play. So the game is going to resume tonight at Toyota Stadium. And um, it is Hold on, let me scroll down here really quickly, Moon. So they fly to Dallas, the team does. They're going to play the game tonight, and it's going to last 40 minutes. They're basically going to yeah. start with 50 minutes and one second on the clock. The same 11 players on the field, same nine players on the bench. That was happening when the game was delayed, and they're going to play out the remainder of the game tonight. Yeah, wild. Uh, this, is, this is a wild thing. I've never seen a baseball game just go like, okay, guys, fly back over here. And uh, uh, now you throw your second pitch of the sixth inning. Yeah, uh, you know what I, you know what I mean. Totally. It's, it is wild. Uh, and and you know what? I still haven't uh, found out if they like are are your tickets good? Like if you had a ticket in Dallas and and it got called, are you go are you go, are you going back to the stadium for forty minutes today? I would yeah. assume so. I would imagine because every piece of this is the same, Moon. So uh, not only is every player on the field the same, the on-field officiating crew will be the same. <laughs> like yes. they're, they're really just doing like a restart of everything. So I would imagine that if you had a ticket that day, it could be um, viable for today. Yeah, it's literally just a, a month-long rain delay. It's a month-long rain delay. Um, yeah, both teams will field the exact lineup and substitutes Unless there's injuries, barring injuries uh, that that happened prior to the delay, the game clock, like you said, 50 minutes and one second, and then it just happens, and it will be broadcast on Apple TV. If you're if you're hearing this on Wednesday before it's broadcast, I'm sure uh, in a few days we will catch up with what happened with this match because this is one of them that we have in hand. Don't forget, most of the teams have played 16 matches already. Some have played 17. We have only played 14. And Moon, I think the key to this one is pretty obvious. You're playing a short game. You want to score first. You know, Coach Carnell was talking about this. This he says the secret to winning games is scoring first. It's no secret. And City has gotten into a good routine of doing so. And actually, City has scored a goal in the first 20 minutes of each of their past three games, which they've won. So not only with a shorter amount of time on the clock, do you certainly want to get the goal, the ball in the back of the net earlier, but that seems to be a winning formula for City. Yeah, the secret is no secret. Um, playing, <laughs> by the way, are uh, Celio Pompe uh, Pompeo, uh, with Joe Akini's up top, uh, Leuven, 
Nowinski, uh, Lewinsky, Bartlett, Parker, and Nelson are the back four. Leuven, Perez, Ostrak, and Indiana Vasilev are in the midfield. And then uh, Berkey is in goal. So that is our roster that will take the pitch at 7.30 to, uh, to complete match 15. Okay, well, let's hope we're talking about City extending their win streak to four games in a row after this, uh, I don't even know if we want to call it a rematch or just a resumption of the game yeah, tonight. Yeah. Resumption. <laughs> I, think, I think that's what it is. A resumption. Uh, Moon, anything else before we say goodbye? Uh, no, I feel great. It's, it's great to be back. Uh, I love this game. I love this team. I love this podcast. Uh, and I love all of our listeners. So, um, it's, it's, it's nice to see you again. Good to see you doing well. And, uh, thank you for joining us. And hopefully I see you at the matches. And until next week. Go! Go!